Welcome to the Master Your Genius Podcast with Keith Cornice. Listen in and learn as he coaches entrepreneurs to master their genius. Here's your host, Coach Keith. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Coach Keith and this is the Master Your Genius Podcast. We're doing episode 14 with Leah Bach. Uh, Leah Bach is a five-year long-term client with me. We've been meeting weekly. There's been some great growth in her business. We talk about working hard is more important than talent. We talk about being responsible, being responsible in your community, giving back to your community, how working in her community had grown her business to where she is one of the top producing realtors, where she accomplished 90 plus transactions last year while taking two semesters of courses at university, uh, a working machine. We talk about systems. We talk about all about amazing things, but most of all, how her journey to being congruent with herself has allowed her the success and allowed her the life that she lives. And she talks about a vacation she takes, which is really powerful as well. So have a great listen. Enjoy. All right, everybody, here we are with Leah Bach, episode 14. So excited. (laughs) I'm excited for people to meet you, to be honest. That's kind. Because I write about you all the time. Yeah, I've heard. People have been talking. People have been phoning. Exactly. Well, you know the, the the thing is, is the podcast is all about mastering your genius. We've been working together for about five years. Yeah. Um, and the journey's been great. And it's now, been awesome. and here we are. If people want to measure that success, they would want to see something. So we can tell them that you did how many transactions in one year? Oh, back in five years ago. No, today. How many did you do? Today? Oh, so far this year, or no, you did twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I did. Over 90 last year. Over 90 year. transactions. Yeah. And that's a team of how many licensed agents? Um, one yeah. only licensed agent. Yeah, you. Yeah, me. Right, which is amazing. So when the people out there are listening, they're going to want to know how that was, and we're going to talk to them about why you're good. And what was the, and, and you said it was really cool. Like, Leah, is you're very specific and detail-oriented, which yes. I love. And you're like, what are we going to be talking about today? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> And then you write a sign on the way in. There's a church here that has a great sign. And the sign said? That you don't need to be talented to be good. Right. So what we want to talk about is today we'll talk about drive. We'll talk about work. We'll talk about systems. We'll talk about. And then the other part of it is is, uh, we want to talk about some of the life stuff. Because I know that you become really strong as a person, which has really impacted you to get to the 90 ends. For sure. Right? Couldn't do it without having a whole life that's, maybe use a trite term, but balanced. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, we like to use harmony. Yes. Coach Keith doesn't like balance because it's impossible to have an equal balance because work takes up eight hours of our life. We sleep for eight and then we got to fit everything in the other eight, sure. which you do because we do the life wheel, et cetera, et cetera, which we can get to, but most people sure. know about that already. All right. so. Why don't we just kind of give a small intro here. So you've been a realtor for 15 years, top producing realtor. Yeah. Uh, you're really high up ranked, you know, number one, number two, wherever you are. Um, really well esteemed in your workplace by the people that watch your work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're part of the Rotary, you give to the community, you do a lot of really great things, uh, community oriented. How do you think, why do you think that's important for someone in like an entrepreneur in any business, it's important to be in the community or a realtor, but why do you think that's important? Well, I think, um, I think that as an industry, a lot of people always talk about the money and what do we do about how to make the money and that we're scumbags and low lives because it's always about the money. And 
I want to make money. I want to get paid. Let's not fool ourselves. But because I get paid so much money as well, I always feel that um, I want to be seen and to be known as a contributor to society. And to do that, I roll my work into my contribution to other people because I believe that giving back is super important, and not not in a way that's seen or you know. Yeah, it's not know. like look at me, I'm giving back. Right. Selfie it's, of me giving money to the charity. It's more of you do it from. I'll tell you place. what the difference is. I go to the events, right? I I show up. Yeah. And so it's not that I just write the check. Well, and you actually take over and organize them so they're successful because nobody can do it like you because part of your previous life's work was a supply chain management international company, right? Yeah. Talk about details. Yeah, and so in supply chain, the whole, and, and I started in supply chain basically when I was oh, 18 years old and I worked right through until I was the international chair of Purchasing Managers of Canada, sat on an international board rewrote their education program, wrote their ethics program, rebranded the um, the name of the company, and or sorry, the name of the organization. So in all of that, the work itself is focused on anticipating and preventing problems. So we get back to charity, some of the things that you do are your shred-a-thons, yep. um, and then you also do something which people don't really understand is giving back, but you facilitate garage sales mm -hmm. for certain areas that you do a lot of marketing to yeah and you do that because and i'll never forget you told me the story about the guy that had the table and called you over and wanted to talk to you the old fella uh i don't remember yeah and he's like why are you doing this is so great that you're doing this for us and it's so excellent and then you gather funds for the charities yes yeah and and the charity one of the things we talked about was because you like to be local you wanted to have a local charity Yes, which was the Right to Survive was one of my biggest because I love them because one, they're from my neighborhood. I walk dogs with their board of directors. And for me, they raise money and give 100% of their proceeds to cancer research. They don't have an administration fee. Everything that they get, the, the, the riders have to come up with their own money to ride. They have mm. to pay their own costs. Mm. Then they have to donate money, and I donate money. And then they go on this amazing ride, and, and they have this big celebration afterwards. And I just think it's just it's so nice not to have an admin fee. So what do you think this contribution to your, to your community, why do you think that's successful for your business when you're not actually promoting your business? You're not out there like, Leah Bach, realtor, does this. Leah Bach, you just show up. You arrange these things. You do yeah. you do put your tent up and you do sponsor the event and things like that, which is awesome. It pays some of the expenses. Yeah, for sure. it's yeah. kind of in a silent, not a silent way, but not a loud, loud way. Yeah. And yet it's really impacted you, like when you supported the small businesses through Christmas and your social media and your TikTok, all that great stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it's different because I see other people do businesses and I get it. Um, they want to be seen as a contributor as well and to support small business. We should support small business, but these people become my friends. It's not, it's not just a conversation of, hey, look at this florist. That florist is my friend, mm -hmm. and she sells flowers to lots of real well, estate Well, let's talk about that, too, because I do know that you like to be friends with your clients, and I know that some I realtors do. don't like that. Yeah. The number one thing I, I realized that realtors don't like that is, is because if they become a friend, they have to treat them as a friend, and then when they finish the relationship, the transactional relationship, 
they don't want to feel obligated to that friendship, yet you have no problem with that. And that is a big part of your business is creating that strong relationship based on that. Yeah, I, like every almost everyone I've ever worked with wants to stay in touch. Mm -hmm. And that's because you're funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, I think I'm, I do think I'm funny, but I also care very greatly. I'm also very loyal to people. I say that even in my listing presentation, most likely at the end of this transaction, you're going to say that you're going to miss me if mm -hmm. you don't talk to me as often as we've been speaking to each other. And my repeat business, I've had clients in 15 years that have already done like five transactions with me. Mm -hmm. They moved into the neighborhood, they had children, they bought the next house. You know, I mean, those people are coming back already and and that's what I want. I, I contribute to my community. I love the people that I work with. I value them. They do pay me for the work. I'm not a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And then I continue to stay in touch with them. So I said, yeah. Let's follow that food chain for a bit. Yeah. Sure. So value. Value is value. everything. It's everything, right? Yeah. Because we measure things in a hierarchy of value. But yeah. one of the things that's the strongest thing is devaluing our own selves. So if I compare myself and think people think like I think, I'm comparing myself to them thinking it's not special. But the truth is, as an individual, mm -hmm. our unique value that we bring to the table, our gifts, what you do, when you believe in your value mm -hmm. like you do, and when we started, that was a journey to get there. Well, for sure, because I remember when I was first starting this career and I started part-time, like a lot of agents do, and I did that for more than the first seven years of my career, mm -hmm. that I basically ran a full-time job and another full-time job because I was on a medallion within you know, a few years of being licensed. Which for the people out there that might be listening, that's the top 10% of the industry. Top 10% of the industry. <clears throat> and so... Um, the value for me was I felt a little guilty when I first started about how much money I was making and I was wondering if I was providing enough mm -hmm. value. And so very early on, I decided that I would provide value where people would look at me and say, that was worth every goddamn penny. Right. And so I enjoyed yourself. the ride, yeah. right? Because I want the two things together. I want you to pay me and I want you to know that you got value for your money and I want you to enjoy yourself as much as you can in the most stressful situation of your life outside of death, marriage, babies. So now that let's just say this. So I know that you have great marketing. I know that you have a really good team. What is your true value to the client? My core value to my clients is undivided loyalty. I take full responsibility for the work that I provide them. And I really do care about them. Right. So you are the value. Yes, right. it's That's, me right. entirely. Yes. And your whole business is run on, I'm the value, I market me, I'm who you hire. What I do and how I do it is not necessarily why you're hiring. It's a great part of it, but really they're hiring you because why you do what you do. Right. And so you're the value. Yeah. So let's just shift this a little bit now and let's kind of go into um, work ethic, you know, tenacity, grit. Not only did you sell 90 plus homes last year. Yeah. But you also signed up and were studying university courses. Yeah, went okay. back to undergrad. Right, and you took five full-time courses. Five five courses in, the, in two semesters. Right. So the fall semester I did three classes and all of my grades are A plus B minus, which is my goal. I'm, yeah. I'm probably not gonna make honors, but you know. What's wrong with you? 
I'm, I'm just yeah. you such a slasher. You underachiever. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of people that will be listening to this and they're and like, 90, 90 transactions, that's amazing. And then there's this place in which, and you went to school, and you volunteered, and you ran your community, and you did your client oh, events. And I work out four times a week. Right. With a trainer. With a trainer. And I cook most of my own food. I don't. I don't do takeout and stuff. I don't. Right. I can't eat like that. And you come to me and see me once a week. Yeah. And, and I see my kids. And you see your kids. Yeah. And then I have a social life. Right. So there's a lot of people that I coach that come in and they have these excuses that they're so busy. And uh, when right, but when we're working hard and you're tenacious and you have grit and you're able to do this, right? So when did you realize you had this in your life? I didn't think that I. I didn't think I understood what a prodigious producer I was. Um, but it came to me as it started to become more evident that other people didn't do it. I believed everybody at face value. If you were on the medallion and, and you were on the individual list at the time, I'm a little naive. And, and sometimes I take people absolutely exactly at their word. So I'm looking and I'm going, wow, wow, that's really impressive, wow. And then I find out it's three people on a team and five people on a team and four people on a team and one's a silent guy. You know, it's just, yeah. to me, it was like, all of a sudden I was like, wow, you know, I really do produce it a lot at a high level. And of course I have help, I have administrative help, um, but I'm the only one showing the houses to my buyers, right? And handling my listing presentations and negotiations and everything with my clients. Right. So well, that's sort of when it all clunked. Let's go let's me. go to that structure. Because I know that you have your wonderful daughter working with you and she's just got licensed. How exciting is that? That's pretty exciting. Well, yeah, she is um, not licensed at BCFSA yet, yet, but in a month. Details. 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 She just finished her Just practical. slow with me here a little bit. She's licensed. Thank you. Um, and then you have another amazing assistant who is uh, virtual. She's, she's a virtual assistant, yes, because right. she lives out of the area, which is great. She gets an early start on the day, which is great because I get an early start mm -hmm. on the day. This morning I got up at 6, knowing that I'd be here. I didn't have evening hours as I normally would, yeah. so I got up at 6. I did my CMAs that I needed to do, and I was on the road with the dog dropped off, the cleaning lady in place, and a key cut by... 8.15. Right. And a, a big key component, we're going to talk about leadership in your team in a sure. second. Um, and then we have some other ladies yes. that help you show your homes because of the new crazy market we're in and you have to show it on a Saturday and Sunday. So and two part-time ladies that mm -hmm. do that type thing for me. Yeah. A little bit of errands, but not personal, mainly business. I like to do my errands. I like to do my own grocery shopping. I don't want them touching my bananas. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pick them out myself. Thank I know you. you like your bananas. That's, I, that's great. I, I do. Blueberries technically are my thing. So, um, so I have two part-time ladies that'll do the showing for me, and they're very carefully trained. And then I have, uh, I have my own designer for the staging that we do. Right. Yeah. So we, I know, as a leader, you've really, you know, softened your edges. You become a holistic leader, right? Mm -hmm. When I first met you, I remember the CMA you had, the twenty questions you asked. And I said we needed to round your corners a little bit, and, and we brought your the, the good parts of you out as well, right? Because yeah. in this industry, we become tough and jaded and think we have to be away, and the truth was we just got you back to you. So being a leader for these people, these five people, um, what do you think is the key to good leadership, to keeping everyone, like retaining them, keeping them happy, keeping them, you know, what do you think is keeping them in reward? Well, I believe that 
they all have great value, which is not mine. I bring my own skills to the table and they bring theirs. And that's what I ask of them is I ask them to bring their, their what's uniquely them. They're genius. They're genius, yes. And so they do that. And what I try to be cognizant of is my genius is making sure that everyone doesn't work when they're not supposed to work, keeping the team balanced on who's supposed to take responsibility clearly so there's no not the waste of overlap. Because it's always um, strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat, right? So the opportunity is their genius. We're looking at the market. We have some strengths, but they can also be our weaknesses, like the rigidity. Yep. The details are awesome, but rigidity isn't cool. Yeah. And so part of it was be- becoming in the becoming softer it wasn't that it was like the story of the jade statue and and the idea that the statue was always there you needed to get rid of what was superfluous so in that case i would say that what i needed to do was shed some barriers and defenses that i had to be able to be more open and vulnerable with people to show Mm -hmm. them that i really did care because because of my core value of loyalty I am a pit bull for people. They could be calling me up and I'm like, yeah, what size shovel do you want me to bring? Because I will be there. Mm, I will protect you. And, um, and so that's, that's why I'm looking for that loyalty for those people. I want them to be happy. I want them to be able to contribute. And I want them to improve. I want them to know that we are a plus one house. But we coach them. I coach them yeah. for goal setting at the beginning of the year. We do personal and business, and then throughout the year, I meet them and we coach them. And we do a little along. troubleshooting yeah. sometimes, a little triage. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. So communication. Let's talk about that because I know that you know being in the job that you had in the logistics and growing and working in corporate world. You know, yeah. a lot of people have a hard time with communicating the truth. A hard. A lot of people have a hard time communicating. <laughs> What's that? Oh my God, it's so true. And I. I was dealing with a big agent, a big, big, big agent, and and his position was that I knew he wasn't talking to his client. He was only saying what they would or wouldn't do from his own opinion, and and that is the thing that I really want to make sure that I avoid. I'm trying to help them and stay out of their own emotional cesspool of, of problems. Mm-hmm that hijack that happens to them. Yeah. I want, and I don't want to insert myself into knowing what's best for them. That's right. That's the danger. You want to help them in the model of their world, get their results. Exactly. By being a great facilitator and listening deeply and giving them what they want instead of giving them what you think yes. they want. And that communication is exactly that. I need to be very cautious of not putting my story and paradigm on them. Right. My job is to excavate their true needs so that they can see them. Right. Sometimes they don't see them. Well, you have processes and systems and questions and things oh, yeah. that you do to pull that out, which is which is great. As well. We do that with well with pretty much everybody, and we will we will actually share a little bit about what people need that she'll appreciate if you're more direct. Mm-hmm. She's like, we do everything. We put it in a portal so everybody knows. Text message: This person is lead. We're gonna do this. Make sure you don't let the cat out. Get bring three. Don't let the cat out signs. And what's the portal that you use? Uh, we use Slack. Right. Yeah. And so that's the communication center. Look, somewhat sixty forty. We're doing. Um, we have like emergency. Mm-hmm. I say if you're bleeding, this. If you're bleeding, you text me. Do right. not text me unless you're on fire or bleeding. Right. And so then we, the majority of everything else goes in the Slack, and then we keep our documents in the drive files, and then we do, and we have, everything is templated out, and it's all process-driven. 
I'm looking forward to the next level, which would be more of a Boolean logic system, which is if not this, then that, and then you'll do this, and then you'll have more of a decision-making tree. Yep. And that's sort of what we're working on now. Yeah, it's great. So I know that your team likes the communication because it's, you know, we've worked through that and it's become very, very clean and clear. So knowing where you started with me, I think you were doing about 40, 40 maybe. transactions and now we're here, we've doubled. 40, I think we started at six a, six a month. Like that was the first, that was the year first goal. Old, that was right? our first goal. Yeah, and I think that we hit five maybe a yeah. month that year. And so, yeah, after that, it's... And then we went up again a little bit, and then we went up a little. And we always set the goal so we stretch you a little bit so it's achievable. Yeah. Uh, this year, you crushed it. Yeah, this year, well, I'm sure a lot of people crushed it as well. Um, but the crush is and, relative. And the crush is relative. Right. So, yeah, it, we did really well this year, but we also worked really, really hard. Well, and you started out strong this year. We did right out of the gate. Right. And yeah. that's so what I want you to know is there's a lot of people out there right now not having such a great start and they're hearing this, right? And it's the commitment to the systems, it's the hard work, right? And you know, um, hard work does replace talent, but you have gifts as well, and everyone has them, and you kind of have to open up the box to find your own gifts to acknowledge that you have them, not in an arrogant way, but in a humbly proud way, and know that your gifts are communication or humor or what it is that you bring to the table to create those connections, right? And to get the success that you want. Yeah. So when was that, what was like, from that moment when I met you to where you are now, you know, when did you realize that there was something that was stopping you from moving to the next level? And what did you realize that was? Well, sometimes to move on, you have to let go, right? And so it's very hard for some for people to let go of things once they've been attached to them for such a mm -hmm. long time. Actually, Cole, what's path. that? What's that? What's that theory called when they're attached? When you're so far in, you're gambling. The I can't remember, but it's like when you're so far in, being one way, you don't you don't give up on it because you're so far in, you got to keep going. Yeah, I, I know that. Um, I know that philosophy. I don't remember yeah. what it's called either. But yeah, and it was like sometimes letting go is what you need to do. And mm -hmm. it was the, it was the same process. I had to let go of rigidity in some decisions. I had been holding on of control for such a long time mm -hmm. that there is no control. What's the opposite of rigidity? Flexibility, of course. Well, of course, and that's of course what, for me, it's right? flexibility. It and might be different for you, and that's and that's what's come out for you now is flexibility, right? So you did more tools. Yeah, you're, you're you were rigid, and you were stuck in the way of being rigid. So your first aha moment was, I need to be more flexible. Mm -hmm. And then, how did you start to break that rigidity? Because it's a pattern, it's a habit. Like, how did you start to be more flexible? Let me think. I think that what I did as well um, was also double down on the things that were serving me well. And I added more of that and less of the other. So, so I think how would I have, how would I have done that? I think that it's a process of recognizing when you are in that place. I guess they talk about it in that there's a space between the feeling and the action. And when you have the feeling, then you need the clarity of breath and moment to choose a reaction instead of just having a reaction. So the, the gap for me in my book, it's not you, it's your brain, that is the story. So between the feeling and the action is the story that you create. So you need to breathe. Mm -hmm. Is that true? What do I want? What's the story I do want to create? 
I want to be flexible, I want to do this, and then move forward and do it there. Yeah, the Taoists have another word for it. I don't remember what it is, but it's this, yes, it's that space, and it's the space where you should, should, probably the wrong word, it's you the can. space where you can live. It's like the middle path, and it was sort of a bunch of timing things, right? There was some um, rigidity that was changing, which shifted other things, shifted relationships with the children, for sure. And, um, and the accepting of what is and the lack of being able to control it, yet still having some influence on choices that I was making as well. So let's put that in, let's, let's reframe that in a, in a place where someone is out there working in the world today mm -hmm. and they need to be on this path somewhere in that place and to be more flexible in their business. So you're a smart girl, you know a lot of realtors out there. Yeah. Where do they need to be more flexible to achieve their success? Where would they need to be more flexible to achieve success? I would guess that since they're the only place that they have to work with is themselves, the flexibility that they'll be looking for is going to be entirely internal. And perhaps the opportunity is to look at something a different way if it's not serving you. I had a guy phone me up and ask for my help. And he had said something about how how it was that I was fixed. And I'm not fixed. It's not um, a finite journey. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing wrong with me. It's just I had made choices based on my stories and they weren't serving me. So I had to change the story. Right, so an internal flexibility that you've applied and learned to apply has been a massive part of your success. Massive because, and it's, it's gonna sound crazy, Change the way you think, you change the world. Change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And, and you know, the beauty is, is there's no new thoughts. You and I are sitting there having this conversation and you know, on the steps of the parking lot, the philosophers are having the same kinds of conversations. And so, you know, uh, what I like to say is, we say it the way we need to say it to the people we need to speak to, to make the differences in their lives. Yeah. And you become the one of choice to your clients because you put yourself out there in the community in a vulnerable way talking from core values and then delivering on those core values. And because of that, you're getting a huge response from referrals and repeat business and new business coming your way through TikTok and Instagram. And, and so, you know, let's talk about branding and the story and all that kind sure. of stuff, because I know that you have a great brand, but you're in the middle of a rebrand. I am, I'm just starting it. It's pretty exciting actually, just hired a new designer. Right, so the old story was something and now you want a new story. You want something that, you want people to see something now. Right, because I think what's different is now we're, we're talking about preparing a legacy, if you will, right? I'm looking at a brand that <clears throat> is growing from this place of responsibility and, um, and, and becoming more, I don't know, pointed. It's be the focus is narrowing a little bit, and so it's going to become a little bit more niche. And as it does that, I want to take the branding and tighten it up a little bit. And is right? that niche you? The niche is going to be the team, mm -hmm. right? Because I really, to go to the next level, I'm not saying 100 deals personally is capacity, mm -hmm. but I don't have a desire to work like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I could do it all day long if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So you have a bit of a long-term vision I do. where you want to rebrand. So basically, you're now looking at it as an entrepreneur and not someone that's just self-employed. Yes, exactly. Because an entrepreneur can walk away from a business, sell a business, have that business continue to run without them as long as they start the transition of the structure so that the society, the people, the community aren't dependent on getting Leah 
but getting what Leah's team brings about, to the table. Exactly, and I want them to have the same, I think the same magic sauce is that you will be intensely loyal, you'll be trustworthy and reliable, and with enough good information that people know that you know what you're talking about. And that's that's pretty magic sauce for people. It is, well, you know, what as a solution-focused coach with a positive outcome frame, my whole job is listening to people to give them what they want, yeah. right? And then you give them what they want and they're surprisingly happy and find value in you instead of giving them what you think they want, right? So when you build this team and you transition, you're thinking that, you know, your daughter could take over one day or whatever, but the brand is what, not what you do, but who you are and how you do it, right? right. And so, you know, and the beauty of it is, is I have helped people sell their businesses and the only ones that could were the ones that transitioned like this. Right. And, you know, and then your database is a valued system. And if you can build a business that someone can take over and still feel like they're getting that, that's a great exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what it is, is that I have to be responsible sometimes means to make sacrifice. The difference is that busy thing infers a sense of martyrdom. I'm so busy. I'm so tired. tired. And you know what? It's no, I promised somebody I'd have a CMA to them today by 12, and they're going to have a goddamn CMA today by 12. I work hard. I work hard. And I want to be tired. And I, because I say what I'm going to do, and I do it. And that. That is all you need to know. Well, you see the passion. That's it. We're finished. We're finished. Because that's the passion behind it. For sure. Right. That's so now we're seeing the key to your business. We're seeing what you do. We talk about no. It's hard work. It is hard work, and there is talent there though. Because you know, you and I do share this common interest in psychology. Yes. And we share this really common interest in understanding how people think, why they think, what they think, and emotions and all that kind of stuff. And it's, I think it's, you know, the ability to be empathetic and to understand how people think and feel, right? Let's talk about empathy. Yes, empathy, but not at the sacrifice of yourself. You need to be empathetic, but you don't become the doormat of... You don't carry the baggage. You already got a backpack of rocks. You don't need to carry someone else's rocks. Exactly. Oh, you sound like that's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. I really feel feel how much pain you're in right now. I see you. I hear you. I understand you. That must be hard for you. If you acknowledge the emotions, they dissipate the emotions, they can focus better. Then you walk out and you go next, right? And you do a little bit of a cleanse because, you know, you do carry some stuff with you. For sure. You have to if you care about people. Well, if you care about people and you're an empath, you're going to carry some stuff with you. The trick is, is how to not own their stuff. And so that, you know, because a lot of times people feel... Their choice is their story. Exactly. And you see them where they are. You take them where they want to go and you take them there how they want to get there. Exactly. Yeah. Too, too many realtors are trying to get the client to think the way they think, and they're telling and they're talking to them, but they're not talking. They're talking at them, but not to them. Yeah. Right. And and that's the other thing that I run into is that not only do they think they know what's best, which causes them to get in their own way. I'm talking about the real estate agents, not the not the clients. Um, but then when they go through the negotiation process, they're continuing to assert their own value. Mm-hmm. And, and their own perception of what the client should be doing. And so negotiating a price, right? Absolutely. 
this is it's your house your future your way if you're going to walk off a cliff i will tell you that might cause you to walk off a cliff here's, here's your but choices. if you'd like to well that's the other thing i say too is you know you there's two kinds of poison which would you prefer because everybody has to drink one it's not all sunshine and snowflakes or whatever that's no, the blue is. and the red pill neo which one do you want apparently there's an orange one now Crypto. So let's go a little bit personal here. I don't know if my genius wants to bring it up, but I do remember seeing a picture of you where you are heavier than you are now with a cigarette in your hand and a glass of wine. And now you don't drink? Don't drink. For don't. over over five years, right? I think. Yeah. Huge, 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 huge shift in commitment. And you did this on your own. Yeah. And do you still smoke? Only oh, one, only one. Well, there's about a swear word to come out. No, I quit smoking long before that Great. as well. And, and, I, I, and I noticed that. And I quit cold turkey. That too, I just decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. It was over. Right. And what I want, you know, and then also, you know, your physical health became uh, uh, important to you. Yes. And you've been working with Dennis for how long? Longer than you. Right. And Dennis is actually podcast number three, I believe, because I had him on yeah. uh, way back in the, like years ago. So it's so major, amazing to watch him. You know, it's just he. <laughs> I find him really inspiring. Yeah, you know? and that's why we still work out together. Yeah, right. And we still we have talks. Yeah, you challenge. We, if we you don't challenge still, Leah, it's no fun. No, and <laughs> man, we've been fighting lately, and it's yeah. really interesting because both of us are not super great fighters. And uh, I found that in my marriage too, right? I wasn't a super great fighter because you shouldn't not fight. You should have someone you can contend with, but well, when, you need to fight with somebody well. When your heart's in the game, like a marriage or children, it's a completely different fight. But when you're going to someone and you're like going to have, like what I like to say is it's not even a fight, it's a conversation. But if it's going to be a fight or we're going to debate, now I got to be prepared and I got to have my facts, right? I like to have conversations on a bit of a meta surface, bigger than, yeah, the, than the, the micro. Detail. Yeah, because you know why I, I, I get caught up. If someone argues with me and they bring out the details, I shut up. Right. Because I don't have the capacity to play down at that level because that's not where I play. Mm -hmm. I, I play on a, on a bigger playing field. Like I think of like, you know, what do I really want? How can this be changed? How can we fix it? People don't want to go to right, solutions. Where we started talking about the end and backing, backing and up always, to what, right. Absolutely. And I'm always at the end. Yeah, and I've been thinking about that too. And I've been, I've been drawn to that conversation is where do you want to go? How, and then how would you get there if you got what you wanted? Go ahead. Someone asked me, uh, I was doing my team building seminar and uh, someone said like, you know, uh, how do you know, like, I don't want to do too much or how do you know to do this? Or, or like, I, I don't know how many ends I want to do because it's not all about money. And I said, what's your five-year plan? Like, how much money do you want? And how much is that per year? And how many deals is that? And how many team members do you need to get that? And what kind of team do you need to build to get that so you don't lose and become the big bank and still give great service and great value, right? right? But you can't figure out the equation until you know what you want to accomplish. So here, here's this person trying to figure out how many deals do I want to do and how big of a team do I want to build? It's like, to what purpose? Like if you want to change the world and you want to change your community and you believe that you're amazing and that people need you, then you can do a thousand deals based on people need me to change their lives. Well, yeah, because the conversations have changed as well. They're just very short. We'll just hire you. How mm -hmm. much? Okay. And it's, it's a lot, it's simpler than mm -hmm. going through the Well, the landscape process. of the world has changed. Yeah. People are sitting on a million dollars, like we're in Vancouver, people are listening and our market has just gone horrifically crazy. And it's like a house that was worth 800,000 is now worth 1.7. Yeah, that's fair. Fair? Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm a 900,000 air 
and all of a sudden, you know, when I go to pay a commission or do something, I have a completely different aspect than I'm pinching pennies. Right. And also, the game changes because it's monopoly money. It's not real money. It's like to them, it's like, wow, I have it, and I'm really afraid that what's going to happen is is they'll be homeless. Yeah. Home, no lines of credit, huge boats and cars and lifestyle, and then all of a sudden, it's going to catch up to them because really, right? It's 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 monopoly money, and so, you know. Uh, where were we going with this? I don't know. You went off on a tangent about fake money. Crypto? No. Oh, no. whoa. <laughs> F-bomb. Uh, yeah. And minutia. I don't want to get caught up in the minutia. Yeah. It's a big picture. What do you want? Go back, create the equation, and then you'll get the answers only when you're attached. And if you want your core value outcome, your legacy, your North Star, it basically makes itself for you. The path makes itself. Well, and, the, and I think the reality is there's a, a portion of people that never look at how big they could go. Um, my current uh, board at the house says, you don't even know what you're capable of. Well, here we are. This is a crazy, crazy thing. Here we are, 90 plus transactions, two semesters of courses, the family, the food, the cooking, the lifestyle, the working, the coach, everything. On a scale of one to ten. Oh, and I went away on vacation. I know. Well, which, which was nice, actually. Yeah, we'll go back to that. I want to come back to that because yeah. it was a, a single vacation by yourself, yep. right? which is really, really awesome. We can talk about that in a second. So what I'm saying is, is on a scale of one to ten, one you're not reaching your potential, and ten you're reaching your maximum potential. Where were you at? Where are you at right now? I still think I'm only a seven. Right, a seven. Right, and I, I didn't. Know. Right, and and it's like. <laughs> It's amazing that people, it's like when I tell people to breathe in as much as you can to the peak, hold it, and take a little bit more, and then exhale. It's like, wow, I didn't know there was room to breathe more. I stopped at my limit. And that limit, that glass ceiling, is created exactly by your mind and by your mindset. And the truth is, our plus one philosophy is, when I'm 80 and my marriage is at a 10 and I want to take it to an 11, I'm going to hold her cane when she walks through the door. You know, who knows? Sounds what, like fun. Who knows what that's going to look like? Uh, so let's go to this uh, this vacation you recently had. Sure, sure. So where'd you go? I went to Kauai, and I had booked the trip with my girlfriend Sarah. Um, we have we have sort of arranged that we have one Christmas where the other spouse has the kids. Right. So this was my childless Christmas, mm -hmm. and Sarah then and I would go away as we always do. Or usually do. Mm -hmm. And COVID, and she decided she didn't want to go, yeah. which is totally fine. Sure. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, totally. And I didn't tell her I wasn't going to cancel the trip. Mm -hmm. So I went without her. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was great because it was so weird to get up and not have to have a coordination of a conversation. What do you want to do? Yeah. do you today? I don't I want to go I, eat papayas. I'm allergic to papayas. Uh, exactly. I was just like, oh my God, I want to do, I want to do this. Do I want to do that? So I went and I hiked Waimea Canyon by myself. And then I stopped and had tacos at the best taco bar. And then I stopped and picked up a lolo ki pie, which is passion fruit uh, chiffon pie. And it's delicious. And I went grocery shopping. And I cooked in my unit. So I got up and I, they call it Hawaiian Midnight. It's 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's great though. Yeah. At 10 o'clock, everything shuts down, right? I, I, I binged Squid Games, which I never had time to watch. And so I would wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and every single night I slept from like nine o'clock like a baby 
till at least 7.30 in the morning. And even on the last night, I was so tired. It was like, oh my God, I gotta go to bed. It's only eight o'clock. And I'm like, whatever, I'm gonna go to bed at eight o'clock and I'll get up at four o'clock in the morning and I'll read or I'll do something. And I slept until 7.30 again. I was, had 12 was, hours sleep. So on that vacation, yeah. traveling by yourself, any noise, any negative noise? Not any, right? not at all. How awesome is that? Well, it was great because the phone was super quiet. I did have people watching my phone, like I actually call forwarded my phone. Right. Um, but really, truly, I went snorkeling with, on Christmas Day, I went, it, this was the most amazing story. My girlfriend, another girlfriend was there. She saw on my Instagram that I was in Hawaii, so she said, hey, I've got a snorkel thing. Do you want it? I'm leaving tomorrow. And I'm like, sure. So I drive up to Poipu, I pick it up from her, and um, I go, go back to my unit. The next morning, I get up, and I've met this other family that says they've got this all they've been doing for the 20 years they've been married is coming back to Kauai and looking at uh, beaches that other people don't go to. So they gave me a list of places to go. So first I grab the snorkel and I go out to this crazy beach out in Waimea again, off the little private area, and there's nobody there. And it's four feet deep, which is just my speed. It's on a black lava break. And so it's just sandy bottom. It's like a, it's like a swimming in an aquarium wow. with nobody there. So grab that great, got in my car, drove to Poipu and at Poipu there's, um, and I didn't, I wanted to just do the coastline, like drive through, but as I'm driving along, I remember this turtle beach, the kids and I went to a couple years ago. And the problem with that is there's no parking. There's five spots, five. And I was pulling down the street and there was a spot and I pulled right in. And the guy goes, wow, you got lucky. And I'm like, wow, I sure did. And so I got my mask and I walked down to the beach and I put my feet in. I'm a bit of a wussy and I'm like, oh, it's so cold. And then my brain went, if you want to see a turtle, you're going to have to get in the water. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, Ugh. even myself, I'm like, no, I think I'll go for ice cream. But I decided, okay, fine. I'll get in and I put the thing on and I dived into the water, dove dived, whatever, and I get in the water, and right there, he's half the size of this table. Me and this huge turtle. I haven't even gotten four feet off the beach. Nobody else was there, because they swim in little paths looking for these turtles. And I'm just like right there over top of him, and it's just him and me, and I'm breathing, and I'm floating, and there's this huge turtle, and it's Christmas Eve, and I'm like, holy crap, am I the luckiest woman in the world? And it turned its head and gave you some wisdom. No, yes. is that not where we're it going? Did. It said, never smoke again. Smoking <laughs> is bad, kids. No, it, it just ate and floated with me. We were just in time. So there's something to be said, noticing your journey, how there was this place where you're able to be present and not in the past, not in the future, but present there. How does that play in your life today? Do you find yourself in a future negative outcome worrying? Like, I know that, you know, safety is a big thing and having enough money, being on your own and all the stories that go there. Well, because my fear place was always that I would never be able to make it, right. make it never being defined right. and that I would live in a cardboard under, box under, under the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a nice refrigerator box. Maybe I should save it in case I never make money again. But that feeling of not making money had me so scared that I watched every penny I ever made. Right. And it, come, it came from supply chain too, and it also came from fa my family was really poor. And so how hard up. was it to invest in your business and do marketing oh, and just listed? Every, just sold every bit of money was just like, oh God, is this the one that's going to tip the boat? Can I pay taxes right now? 
And really, truly, it's it still shocks me to this day when I go and I buy organic raspberries or the big um, tree-ripened mango at the store for $7.99. And I'm like, I don't even flinch. I'm just like, uh, because now I'm doing things, and this is what's really changed. It's the philosophy about the people who buy the prescriptions for their dogs. And they always give the prescription to the dog. But the research shows that if you need a prescription, you might get it filled. That would be 30% of all people that need the prescription. The other 30 would take it, but not for the whole course or forget. And then the other 30 might take it wholly. So I just decided I was going to make the dog. The dog, you always give the prescription until 100%. Every time you change your schedule to get home to make sure that dog gets the pill on time. When taking care of others, we take better care of others than we do ourselves. Right. And so that that stuff about fulfilling your own cup and and self care and blah, blah, blah is not meaningful to me except to know now that I am the only person who will care for me and myself in my journey of life. And I would like to do this with good health, sound mind into the future. I figure that I can live a lot longer if I eat well, sleep well, rest well, exercise well, and live a life of social and responsible moral value. Right, because when we have a responsibility, we have fulfillment, it gives our life meaning. Responsibility we, is life. It is, and, and, and discipline is the key to freedom. And freedom. I feel a song coming on. And freedom. Discipline right? equals freedom. Absolutely. Freedom, what I like to say is freedom from the complicated mind. So disciplining your morning routines, discipline in doing your dailies, discipline in the things that you schedule that take care of your mental health are the things that will free you from the mental health. And it's hard to do because nobody believes that just being disciplined in gratitude or appreciation or setting a, you know, something you look forward to at the end of the day or, or just being in that mindset is going to make a difference. So they don't try it. They don't start. And the truth is, I don't believe in doing it for 30 days to change a habit. I do it for my whole life. I've done it for 18 years. Yeah, I don't know that the 30 days thing really works. I, I, I think that's a that's like the 10,000 rule. It's something somebody made up because they ripped a little piece of data out of a study and they made it mean my, something. My belief is, is that when you see your blind spot, once you see it and you see it, you can't do it again. You can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. It's It was the same with smoking. When I decided that the name that I called myself, Smoker, did not apply to me anymore, I quit smoking and I never looked back. It was the same with the alcohol. I just decided it wasn't for me. It was not serving my life. Right. I couldn't be responsible as I wanted to be, so I quit. I didn't go to AA. I didn't go to counseling. I didn't do any of those things. I actually, I don't even think I started counseling like again until at, well after you and I were together. Well, when I introduced you to Gloria, to Gloria, which is episode 12, I believe, Gloria Car- Carter, 13, episode 13. That's Gloria, my my life, my my family your, counselor. Your counselor. That was your counselor. That was my counselor, and, and now uh, yeah. I even put some of my friends' kids to her, and they oh. love her. I think between me and you, we keep her employed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I want an appointment. No, Leah's book. No, I'm just kidding. So. Well, no, and I haven't seen her in like, probably a year or so. But the reality Dr. for me Glow, is Doctor Glow. Glow. Dr. Glow is the kind of environment that you go into and you feel wholly accepted for who you are, as flawful as you are, as as mm-hmm. small-minded as you mm-hmm. are. She always has space 
to let you see yourself. Like you said, the blind spot too. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like I just need to go in and have a tune-up. I have to get the things out of my head, which is why I like our time together. Mm -hmm. I get them out of my head, or when I get them out of my mouth and out of my head, then I can index them in my head in a way that makes sense. Well, and I can when, carry on. And when sometimes you come in and I notice that you're going Below in the wrong the uh, like, let's talk about the noise of the world and these groups and... Uh, oh, okay. Right? You want to go there? Well, we'll go somewhere, but we won't go fully deep. We won't mention any names. We will just talk about... In generality. The psychological space that it takes up and how it impacts our lives. Let's do that. Let's do that. Sure. Okay. Well, we could go into the details, but so, it's not important. What we call our echo chambers. People can have an opinion, go to an echo chamber, right? But when they go to a place and there's this conversation and the trolls show up and then people start getting into and arguments... It, it, yeah. Well, and I do that, and I know that I do it, and I know people have seen me do it. So here's my challenge with it. I feel that I, because one of my core values is safety and security, it's safety and security for people I don't know. I want to protect everybody. Yeah. I want to keep you safe. So you project. So I project, and I project that it's important that we do certain things so that we can protect people who can't. And I know the science isn't perfect because people aren't perfect and governments aren't perfect. And yet I don't believe in some of the other. See, now we're starting. I was See? just nearly going down that path. Right. But the way, the reason I bring it up is not only because I feel like I practice saying what I think and applying boundaries, mm -hmm. as well as giving people information they may not already have. And right. I have walked away from people and said, well, you don't have to believe me. But if you're going to use that, I, I have a right to say... Well, we talked about that well. a little bit, because if it's a conversation, I'm not trying to sway you to think the way I think. Exactly. I'm not trying to talk you into taking the offer. And if we're two adults and we're having a conversation, then you're able to speak your opinion, and I'm able to speak mine. No microaggressions. Don't get angry. Don't... Just like, wow, you think that. How? Why do you think that? Like, no what's that circular all about? arguments right? are... And the circular arguments are redundant, because what people don't realize is what they're fighting is themselves in the argument. And if they understood that they're just trying to be seen, heard, loved, and respected by the wrong people, they would then have that space open for themselves to do the deep dive, to go into a place of reading a book and self-help or watching a podcast that's going to change your life. Or, you know, it's, I just find it's really noisy and it, I hate the fucking noise, to be honest with you. Mm, you and when you twice now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you come in here and I notice that you're going down that rabbit hole again, I have to pull you back out. Because, you know, hey, yeah. hey, what are you doing? Yeah, let's put our energy where it's going to be most effective, which is our life, our clients, our business. And that is what we call laser focus on the right things, right? Yeah. Because honestly, uh, what I'd like to say is, is watching you grow has been awesome. You know, the change when we met. Yeah, well, I'm not going to puff it up that much there, Buttercup. So what I am going to say is, you know, I think that the more you got back to you is the reason that your success grew. For sure. And it was the cleaving off of the unnecessary. Right. And and the fact is there's more than enough business when the thought is I need to be a brown cow so people will pick me. And the truth is the black and white cow in the field of 100 is the one I'm interested in. And I got to stand out. And the best way to stand out is to be me. Well, absolutely. And there are agents that I look at and I'm like, I would never work with that person. And that's great. Because somebody else will work oh, with absolutely. them. And when I meet those clients and they go, oh, we decided to work with blah, 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 And I'm like, well, good for you. She's awesome. Enjoy the ride. Right. Because it's not my ride. You don't have to like me. It would be nice if you liked me, but not everybody will. Right. I am, I'm not ice cream. I can't make everybody happy. Right. And 
and you know, right, that there's enough business for everyone out there. There's not this scarcity of, I need to get everybody, and if I don't get them, I, right? We don't lose the business, we earn the business. If we lost it, we had it, we don't have it. And, you know, the team you're building now is going to be amazing. Um, not just because your volume may or may not go up. The, I think the quality of service and the fact that your lovely daughter is going to be able to get a career with a mentor like yourself and create that security for herself is going to be an amazing life. And, and I'm so surprised how excited she is about it. Like I did never saw real estate for her. And when she came to work with me last year, um, I think we were both surprised at how much she loved it. Mm -hmm. I think what she remembered about it was me working two jobs and never being around. Mm -hmm. She had a story. She, she created a story, a story that exactly. wasn't true. And and I don't know. I'm only guessing maybe that's what it was because I know my eldest daughter really doesn't really felt the loss of, of me being home. Sure. And I feel the loss of me being home. So maybe I'm playing a little catch up, but I don't care. Here I am. This is the all I have to work with is now. I can't change that. It can't be any different. And the, the other part... We've got to own the past. You gotta, Otherwise, it, exactly. the, it'll drive the bus into the wall of your future, man. Like, you've got to own the past. It happened. It it's did. real. Yeah. I acknowledge it. Not super proud of it. Right? And I, can, I, can, I can't unlearn that. Yeah. I know that. So what am I going to do with it? And on the good side, there's things that you can always look on the good side. And that's the thing that I believe is probably the most important thing. I never lose hope. I mm. never, ever lose hope. There is always hope. I never get desperate that way. Mm. And with the girls, they had to be, they had to go through this experience to be the people that they are, and I wouldn't change them for the world, which mm -hmm. means another reason why I must accept where I came from, mm -hmm. because they are perfect to me, just the way they are. Yeah. And their dad and I will always be the family. Mm -hmm. We are a family, for better or for worse, no matter what happens, we're always going to be together. And so he always will have space in my life. Because he's he, I could not dislike him because he has he's part of who my children are. Well, period. what I like to say is, you'll always have a great relationship with your children when you're the adult, and you bite your tongue and you do what's right, even though you want to have an argument or whatever. Because what serves us at the end of the day is the relationship. Right. Keep an eye on what you want, right. not what you don't, and go in the direction of that. Play the big game. Play the big game. Play the big game. Right. And honestly, your success is based on a big game of retirement and all that great stuff. And I have plans. Right. I got do. plans, big ones. Right. And you're going to make them happen, which is great. So we're going to wrap it up now. So I think we're around 50, 55 minutes, something like that. I didn't see the chicken wing. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. There Thank they you. are. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're done. That's a wrap. So let's just wrap it up here real quick. Um, you know, like I was saying, the evolution of who you were to where you are was actually an evolution in reverse, getting back to who you've always been. That's sort of the way I look at right? it. Right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Age does this for us. It, that's the best part. Right? It is. It's the best part of getting old. And isn't it part of us, we want our children to get there faster than us, and so we want them to know what we're knowing, and we want to tell them, and then we can't wait. they got to go through the process of aging. I'm watching them go through it now. They're, you know, they're in their mid-20s, and I'm like, I'm loving it. I'm loving watching them learn. I am loving getting a text message that asks me, how do you make spaghetti bolognese? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just... You made that thing, Mom. What's what's that thing? And I'm like, I don't know. You're gonna have to give me a little bit more to work with. Yeah. But I love that, and I love watching them. And I'm super excited to see what they both do. Right. right. So everyone out there, invest in yourself. Spend you the know, time. Spend the spend money. Spend the time. It's all you have. Right. It's all you have. And work hard. 
and work hard, be responsible. Do say what you're gonna do and then do it. Right. And be nice to the other realtors. Well, or, or I will. <laughs> and the beauty is, is everyone has a story. Let them have their story. You're not going to change their story. Absolutely. If they, if you have a conversation, you might contribute to their genius and maybe to their wisdom down the road. Who knows? But don't force your agenda down someone's throat. Just have open conversations, right? And you know, and be that vessel or that facilitator of that conversation. Be let responsible. People, let people have their own experience. Right. You are not the person who gets to decide how their experience should be and when you filter your story on top overlay that on somebody else they might not like it no and what happens is is you you say i do everything she does but i don't have the results in my business no you don't you don't do everything she does you might do the practical things that she does in her 4K business video right but you're not doing the emotional things that makes her strong in her practice so thanks for being here thanks for having me it was fun you bet take care Thank you for watching this episode of Master Your Genius. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. See you next time.